You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Screen Heroes. I am Ray. Joining me as always, or as usual, or whatever you want to call it, are my two favorite hosts in the whole wide world, Ryan. Hello. And Derek. Yo. Ian's going to be sad. (laughs) (laughs) Ian doesn't listen to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) For context, Ian is your co-host on Costume Couture. He is, yes. So, and he's been on the show a few times. Absolutely. Ian joins us approximately three or four times a year. Yeah. Uh, it's really nice of him. That's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So tonight we are talking Iron Fist Season 2. I hope you have binged it. We gave you plenty of warning. Um, I'm I'm really excited to talk about this, guys. Yeah, yeah there's definitely some stuff that happened. It was some enjoyable things. There was some content yeah. in the episodes. There was, yeah, about 10, 10 episodes worth of content, I would Give approximate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get into it though let's do our new sec- segment let's do it uh so i believe when we were gathering our news the first thing that happened that we didn't get to talk about because it dropped like wednesday morning is the superman bullshit <laughs> <laughs> that was your exact wording yeah the superman, bullshit. the superman bullshit so there's all these kind of rumors that henry cavill is out that he said he was out. And that's not what anything is reported. Basically, they have no plans of making a movie with Superman in the next, like, two or three years. Which we all knew anyway. Right. And that was it. Like, the, he's backburnered. Yeah, the, the big two things were, one, they had a scheduling conflict with his supposed Shazam cameo. Which could mean either, A, that... He will still have a Shazam cameo, or B, that he was never going to have a Shazam cameo, or other, right? Um, and then that they want to do a Supergirl movie, and people who do not understand the comic book stories or how time works also said that Superman then would be an infant in a Supergirl movie, had to be an infant in a Supergirl movie, and so obviously Cavill couldn't play the infant. Now, I will say... I think Cavill's a pretty good actor. I think maybe he could pull it off. But... <laughs> they just put his mustachioed face on the little yes. Of body. Yes. Uh, so, of course, it was all just circumstantial bull. And what frustrates me here the most is that we very well may never see him play Superman again. And all of these people will, like, stand on top of their desks shouting that they were right the whole time. But they were just coincidentally right. Right. They were, they were right by accident. Um, and now everyone's going on the flip side and saying, oh, this was a rumor mill designed to drum up controversy. And like, yeah, that's what you guys did <laughs> to create your clickbait articles. And now you're going to report on the clickbait articles that you yourselves created. Well, more likely what it actually was, was uh, <laughs> con- uh, contract disputes. This was when the news first dropped. A bunch of people on Reddit were like, this is obviously contract disputes. Somebody from Cavill's camp leaked this information so that the, that the internet would be like no we, we why what are you doing wb and then they'd see it and go oh well maybe we should make a man of steel too i don't even know that that's true I, we, none of us you know, know it's true because thing, we don't right? know whether it's true or not it's yeah. all conjecture but you know it's that seems to be the most likely case to me i don't think they would get rid of cavill i don't they don't have any no. reason for it but i could see someone being like 
oh, they were supposed to do the cameo and it didn't work out. They must want to replace him, right? I could see someone making that leap too. They could be um, doing this whole thing just so that the, the cameo is an even bigger surprise because right. they're like, I thought he wasn't doing that, you know? And he just shows up on screen. See, they're going to shock all of us. It's not even a cameo. He's going to be in, like, a good chunk of the film. It's right? actually going to be him that's Shazam. And Billy Batson <laughs> is just a boy this whole time. Maybe it's, he's just watching the movie of Shazam. And right. And that's what you get to see the whole time. Yeah. Him on his couch with Lois. It's like Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. I'd watch that. <laughs> Anyway, it's all bull. No one has any idea what's going on. He might play Superman again. He might not play Superman again. And exactly one week later, the exact same thing is going on with the Defenders. So, uh, Netflix changed the name of the Defenders Facebook page to N. Which, NX. NX. Yeah. Which is going to be their spinoff channel for nerdy stuff. So. It's a brand. Yeah. Right? All the Marvel stuff, Stranger Things, Voltron, anything that kind of hits that nerd culture, that's a Netflix original. So what I think is actually happening is that Netflix season, or Daredevil, Daredevil, Defenders, that's the thing, <laughs> season two was never meant to happen. Right. It, well, they said from the very beginning that it was a, a miniseries or something yeah. they called it, which doesn't imply that there's going to be a season two. I think they want all of these to have various crossovers. And if Luke Cage and Iron Fist season two show anything, it seems like their next crossover is going to be Heroes for Hire, Daughters of the Dragon kind of thing, where they make, they finally make Misty and Colleen full-fledged heroes, and the four of them open up their own, like, little vigilante chop shop. Yeah. But that's that's just what I'm thinking is going to go down, and it'll be another mini-series, six to eight episodes of just some fun... I, Nerdy stuff. Punch it up kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I... I guess I can... you can't call them shoot em ups but punch right. em ups Well, you can't have Punisher's involved. That, you can't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Everyone freaked out because of the name change, and they launched this really nice trailer, actually, for all of the shows that are under this And NX Defenders brand. was in the trailer. They showed clips from Defenders. They just didn't name straight up po posting the title of Defenders Season 2 like they did for a lot of other shows. And, again, I don't think anybody at Netflix was sitting around a table saying, this list is our def defined, definitive list of the only shows we're ever going to make again. Right. Um, because that's silly. So, yeah, there's just a lot of, again, conjecture. It's the exact same thing as the Cavill situation. Yeah. So. Going back to Shazam for Shazamgate 2018. Dun-dun. Captain Marvel had a trailer drop today. And uh... the, best, <laughs> the best meme from it is that old lady, and it's a Shazam. Yep. <laughs> and Captain Marvel punches it. So, I haven't seen that. That's yeah. wonderful. For the record... <laughs> If you don't know, Captain Marvel's taking out an old lady because she's a scroll. Well, to be fair, we don't know she's a scroll. We now, don't Captain Marvel know. may have dropped into Earth and be like, this is obviously a scroll. And starts <laughs> just punching people. And it's just really an old lady because that would be even better. Look. We're, we're not, we don't want to rule out that the old lady just said something really rude. I mean, you know, we don't know what kind of temper she has. Um, the trailer is fun. It's a lot of information in like a one minute period. It's a lot. But there's a reason for that, I yeah. think. It's because you're in, if you missed the Marvel banner at the beginning, 
it's you're not sure that this is a Marvel movie right off the bat because uh, Nick Fury, you see him in there, but he doesn't look like Nick Fury. You see Coulson in there, but he doesn't look like Coulson. Um, because you don't see aged. anything He's, else yeah, recognizable. There's no other Avengers. There's no other, you know, nothing. So they kind of needed a bunch of exposition to kind of, to show that it's a Marvel movie. I think that's probably why they did that. I think it was important. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Normally they'd say something like, you know, the attack on New York, or they'd show Avengers Tower right. in the distance. They can't do any of that. Right. You know, they so they have to kind of let the movie itself do some of its own talking. Yeah. But I actually wasn't that super excited about this trailer. I think this is the first one where I've been like, I'm kind of sick of the Marvel formula. I'm getting there. <laughs> like, it just seemed very generic. Movie 21 is that for yeah, you? I, I guess. Like, I've, I've been pretty good with it so far, but like the trailer just wasn't that exciting to me. I don't know. I was most excited to see that she wears a helmet. Yes. Um, and that there was a cat in the, in the poster. That was easily missed. Yeah, I totally missed it. It's not uh, actually a cat, if you're familiar with Captain Marvel, but... Here's the issue it's a red lantern. with Carol Could Danvers be. as a whole. And this is a problem that Marvel has had with about 50% of their female characters. They are not interesting until a female starts writing them. With the exceptions being, like, the X-Men. The X-Men have always had really interesting females, but... In many cases, like Black Widow and She-Hulk, they're whores. They're written like they just screw anything and everybody. And, I mean, Carol Danvers went through six different name changes before she got a lasting book of her own under the title of Captain Marvel. And she was Ms. Marvel at one point, I think. Wasn't yeah, she? yeah, yeah. She's been binary and Warbird and Ms. Marvel and now Captain Marvel. Which she's had a few confusing. other names. There, now there's an actual Ms. Marvel <laughs> and an actual Captain Marvel. Very different so, characters. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually... It, Carol Danvers has just since like 2015 started being really interesting and an important character in the comic books and thank goodness like it proves that it's never too late that we can start going back through some of those long lost characters in both DC and Marvel and see what we have but it's just not anything to dig on so we're going to we're going to see like a lot of history that wasn't there before like they're gonna have yeah. a lot of liberties with these movies i'm gonna call it now jude law is actually a bad guy and not playing marvell he's actually the main antagonist i'm cool with that well he might i'm not sure he's the main antagonist the main anti- one of the main antagonists yeah. you know ronan is obviously who they're pitching as the main antagonist but i'm betting that jude law is not that's cool. marvell that's marvell and marvel went up against each other a couple times so I'm good with that. Yeah, I don't know much about her character, so for me it was it was cool just to see the stuff that I recognized that I actually wasn't so sure was going to be in the movie, like, like the helmet. No, I knew Coulson was in the movie because mm. we've talked about the de-aging and all of that stuff. Um, she but... had a really trippy storyline in the 80s where this guy raped her, impregnated her with himself so he could be reborn Took her to Jesus. Took her to another like planet, and then just dropped her back on Earth, and nobody had any memory of it. So like they were all gaslighting her. It reminds me of the Swamp Thing storyline where he takes over Constantine so that Constantine can impregnate Abby Arcane with 
a swamp baby and like this is a weird storyline. Anyway, that sounds except there's less rape in the in the swamp thing. Yeah. Like, comics um anyway but seeing the helmet was really cool seeing the mohawk was really cool mm-hmm. except uh, we're not gonna see that's gonna be the only scene in the whole movie probably. where she wears that unfortunately but it still was neat to see um i thought it was a little on the nose that it opens up with a blockbuster that, <laughs> yeah, that, that's how you show something takes place in the 90s right. in the first five seconds you show a blockbuster yeah that's fair that's fair <laughs> I, I did I, I one thing i did appreciate the trailer was it was cut very well yeah um, it was it was the way they were cutting between her falls and getting back up and things like that was it was interesting, you know you don't it was very creative the way they did that so I'm hoping that yeah. the movie follows suit and is also cut in an interesting way. I appreciated mm-hmm. that too because I mean we kind of were expecting a trailer before now so the fact that we got one and it was a well made trailer I think was a positive thing. Um, but yeah, I mean it really just opened up more questions for me than anything else since I know so little about her. The Kree and the scrolls are the things I'm most interested in because the last thing I want is to see another hero go up against an, a villain with the exact same power set. So the fact that they're introducing the scrolls and the Kree are in it again and we're going to see some of the Kree scroll war, it's going to be fun. Sure, but I mean Ronan's probably going to have similar power sets to Captain Marvel. Absolutely. And <laughs> so does Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I mean, I don't know that they're going to get too far from that, but we'll see, I guess. But yeah. having the scroll introduced into the MCU is definitely something that's very important. Because, I mean, then they can go with Secret Invasion being the next big Avengers movie, and that'll be fun. Secret Invasion is a fun storyline, and the entire time you're reading it, it's, it gets in your head. It makes you very paranoid of who's a scroll and who's not. What if Bucky did die in World War Two, and now he's been taken. He's dun, actually dun, a scroll this whole time. I swear, if they make Bucky like the linchpin to another massive freaking arc, <laughs> I like Bucky, so I would. It's I would not be fine personal. With it. It's just a little boring at this point. Sebastian Stan needs work, Derek. Yeah. And Derek. again, it's not personal. I'm not it saying he, a little personal. he's not performing poorly or anything like that. The story just doesn't interest me that much. Well, Captain Marvel dropped today, but two other trailers dropped this weekend. It was the new Halloween trailer. And while I'm not a big fan of the slasher uh, genre, the trailer was cool because um, Carpenter and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis introduced it together. So it was, it really did seem like a farewell from the two of them, but everybody seems to really like the trailer. And I guess. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character has a cool ending, so that's what everybody. So I mean, I'm I'm moderately interested in this movie, mainly because I'm I'm so they they've erased every sequel to Halloween, including the reboot. So Halloween H two O, any of the other sequels, none of them happened. Mm -hmm. This is a direct sequel to the original, very first film that Jamie Lee Curtis was in, and so I'm curious to see how they bridge that time gap because. You know, she's playing the same character. The the guy playing uh, Myers is the same actor. So they've all aged up. They're, you know, and that type of thing. So I'll be curious to see how that plays out. Um, I've seen a lot of the other Halloween movies, not all of them. And they're not great. H2O, I appreciated the attempt. But that maybe this, this, this it looks like they're trying to redo what they tried to do yes. in H2O. So I guess we'll see. But Mary Poppins Returns also dropped... And we got a teaser, like, almost last year for yeah. it. So the, to have the trailer finally was uh, much appreciated. It looked a little more magical. 
and I'm kind of excited for it. Like I, I'm fine with uh, Disney cashing in on this. Emily Blunt is gorgeous, and Len Manuel Miranda did some of the music, and he's fantastic. So I think this is gonna be fun. Really upset that Julie Andrews doesn't have a cameo. And Dick I mean, Van Dyke does. <laughs> we don't know that necessarily, but she is the only. I mean, Emily Blunt is the only person reprising a role of a different character, right? That like. So Dick Van Dyke in the first one ha- played two roles. He played Bert, and then he also played the uh, elderly owner of the bank. In this one, he plays the elderly owner's son. Who is also now elderly. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, now he actually is. Yes. I thought it was cool that the animation kind of looked like the old animation. They didn't, like, upgrade it, you know, to make it modern. Yes. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't watch the trailer, so. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's it's a nice kind of feel-good sort of family movie. Yeah, so. not one that I'm interested in. Not something Ryan <laughs> <laughs> Ryan doesn't enjoy being happy. No. Ryan wants to see the new Nicolas Cage movie that has a 94% on Rotten Yeah, Rotten's we didn't Tomatoes. talk about that at all, but that's pretty crazy, right? I mean, he's, Absolutely. he's an Oscar winner, but you you kind of forget about that sometimes. Well, it's the episode of Community where Abed goes insane trying to figure out if Nicolas Cage is good or bad. Yeah, which, I mean, I think, you, I think it's more of a question of do you like him or do you not like him yes. more than anything, because... You know, for some people, he's going to be super grating and his overacting or whatever you want to call it. The bees. Yeah, it's too much. But for other people, they love, they relish. Like you. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm actually convinced that he is a good actor. He just isn't always in a good movie. Yeah. That's I think he always puts everything into a role. And sometimes that doesn't, that isn't necessarily right for the movie that they wanted to shoot. Maybe, you know, but all, you know. He, a single actor rarely can save a bad movie, too, right? right? And I think I've seen him in some bad stuff that isn't his fault for being bad, necessarily. Um, that, But this we're talking about the movie Mandy, which is like, I guess it's a horror film. It's a horror film. Yeah, it's like a thriller of, of yeah, like a crime thriller or something, I think is what it's on IMDb. I've only seen really good reviews, but everybody says that it's trippy as hell and... That it's caged, it's cagiest. And, yeah. Yeah. I can't decide if I want to see it or not. You do. You want to go on a little mandate with it. It's out there. Like, and it's not a Nicolas Cage problem, because I like Nicolas Cage. This movie just seems a little out there for me. It does, that's true. So. (laughs) But it is a little indie movie, so you're not going to be able to see it at your normal theater. It's, you got to go to like a, what's the one, Alamo or something like that to see it. I thought one of the AMCs had it listed. Alamo. Everyone's wanting, like, the bigger AMCs will have some of those films, but they don't do it in their smaller theaters, so, yeah. like, the Ward like, Parkway and Legends aren't going to have it. But... Well, Latham might. Maybe. Yeah. They do have 28 theaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to everybody from not Kansas yeah. City who's listening to the podcast. Sounds like a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, that was really boring. So <laughs> Sorry hard. about that. Um, well, so we actually did sign up for AMC A-List this past week. We did. And uh, so that I'm basically only looking at AMC theaters now. Sorry, everybody else. It's nothing personal. Um, they just announced today that Netflix is going to produce a live-action Avatar The Last Airbender series Woo! with the original creators on board to be the showrunners, and they said that it's, they confirmed it, they said that they're going to do everything in their power to make sure it's not whitewashed. Or watered down story. They should have M Night Shyamalan direct it. Stop it! Get the, out of here. Uh, the composer from the show is also composing yes, the music for this one. Yes, he's bringing back. 
So, I mean, it sounds like they're trying to bring back as much of the creative team as possible to Mm -hmm. convert it, of course, to live action. You're not going to necessarily bring in your animators. but (laughs) Of course, the creators were on Twitter, like, all today. They want to add new things to the story and not just adapt uh, every single episode straight through. So, they're going to hit up some of their other content, like their comic books that they've produced. Oh, cool. And uh, continue the story that way. But I imagine they'll also leave out some of the filler episodes, like The Great Divide, which was horrible. So does a live-action Avatar mean that you're going to be doing more Avatar costumes as soon as the photos start dropping from it? Well, I already have a Katara that I haven't shot yet, and I'm really sad about that. And we've talked about me doing an Aang. Yes. uh, But maybe it's time I do Azula and Kyoshi, too. All I really have to do is shave my head, which is fine. And I get to paint an arrow on you. Yeah, so I'm good with that. We can do that. Yeah, you can keep the beard and everything, too, because Grown-Up Bang has a beard. Oh, so, yeah. I can he shave his eyebrows? I mean, that seems like something you'd have to do. No. It's, he's a monk. He doesn't have alopecia. Like... Well, I mean, some monks shave their eyebrows. I just think it's an important sure. detail that Derek should have to do. Are you, are you saying that when you do a cosplay that you shape your hair to match that character? No. No, he doesn't. Just checking. I, I did once. <laughs> yeah. For the original Daredevil, Daredevil season one. The Emmys happened last night, and uh, a lot of cool things happened. Uh, well, Keenan Thompson finally won an Emmy for his uh, comedy. The dude's been on screen since he was a little kid. And so did Henry Winkler, who's obviously been on screen since he was a teenager, too. So... It really was cool stuff. shocking to hear that Winkler had never won an Emmy. I just assumed that he right. had at some point, so good for him. I got a list of the winners here. We can put it up on our website if you're interested, but, I mean, honestly, why don't just go to the Emmy's website? Or Google it. Yeah, just yeah. Google it. I'm sure it's all it's fine. So one cool thing to yeah. point out, though, for the first time ever, a streaming network uh, got the most number of Emmy wins. They tied with HBO. Yeah, Netflix and HBO tied. But they were number one. They tied for first place, which is a big shift. Amazon um, had quite a bit, too, with the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. That show did really well. So, you know, the streaming platforms are really... Uh, they're hitting it hard. They they are, and they're knocking out a lot of the old-school competition, so... As long as Netflix keeps producing quality content like Orange is the New Black and Hulu keeps having things like The Handmaid's Tale and CBS keeps putting out crap like Young Sheldon, this is what we're going to get. I do Do want to say while we're talking about Netflix that um, somebody on Reddit did a, like a, I don't know, took their time to go through the top 250 movies on IMDb. And find out how many of those are on Netflix. Because the whole thing that Netflix was built on was you can go watch whatever movie you want that you loved anytime. And something like, I think it was 16% of the top 250 movies of all time are on Netflix. Which seems very low. When you say of all time, do you mean like as far as like rating is concerned? Uh, IMDb rating. IMDb, I'm sorry. IMDb rating. Um, And then he went and did the like lowest 100 ranked movies and like 30% of the worst hundred movies on imdb are on netflix but you I, I feel like that they need instead of doing so many i know these shows are drawing in the ratings but i think they need to refocus a little bit and go back to 
when they started, they had a lot more of those top 250 movies were on Netflix at that time. The percentage was much higher. Well, less people want to give them their content now, you know? Yeah, less, and that's because everybody wants their own streaming platform. Mm -hmm. Well, and all of these movies are owned by production companies that now own networks, right, yeah. and streaming platforms. But a big piece of it is Netflix has kind of shifted because they've shifted away from discs. Um, they're shifting more to television shows. So you can stream all your shows, and that's what a lot of people do is rewatch shows over and over again. I watch TV shows more on Netflix than I watch movies by Well, it's because Netflix doesn't movies. have the movies that I want to watch. So. I mean, maybe that's part of it. For um, me, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. From my personal experience. That's 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 fair. I, I, w I would be curious to see if, if we looked up the rankings for TV shows, what those percentages would be. Well, it's basically an office and Parks and Rec streaming service for me. For you. Yeah. <laughs> Although I am watching uh, The Good Place now. I, I just oh, so it's, good. it's very good. I was pleasantly surprised. How far into it are you? I, I just, just finished, finished all of it oh, on you Netflix. Finished? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if season three has started yet. It starts this month. Oh, okay. In like a couple of weeks. I'm very excited. I thought it was a Netflix show, honestly. Oh, okay. When I was watching it, I thought it was like a Netflix produced show, but... No. Nope. My wonderful girlfriend enlightened me that that's not the case. So, now the good place. If no one watches the good place, uh, Kristen Bell and Ted Danson are just awesome. Ted Danson's the best. He is it's chewing so up great. the scenery in that role. He gets to do so many things. It's so good. It's so it's, it's so unique, diverse, and it's philosophical. And I adore that show. It's so good. And I didn't even know about it when it first came out. We me started either. it in season two because um, I just hadn't even heard of it. I literally, like, saw a trailer. It was in my now streaming or whatever, and it played the trailer while I was letting it sit on the home screen. I was like, that looks interesting. I'll watch an episode. And then now I've been <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's kind of what happened with me. I heard, like, one of my friends uh, said they really enjoyed it, and it was fun. So I like Kristen Bell. I turned on an episode. I was homesick from work, and I watched the entire first season. And Derek comes home, and he's like, what are you doing? And so I start the first season over. <laughs> I'm binging a show without you. Yeah. How dare you? That's usually what happens. I start a new show. He joins me at, like, episode three or four, and he's like, no, we have to start over now. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right, so we're going to take a little bit of a break. Before we do, here's my question to you guys. What is Are your we doing this again? Yes. What is your favorite movie where one actor plays multiple roles? And we'll answer this at the end of the episode. Yes. We'll be right back. Are you with the Force? Is the Force with you? Well, the Force is with us over at the Echo Station Podcast, a new Star Wars series from the Heroes Podcast Network. Join us in a galaxy not so far away every other Monday as we discuss everything Star Wars from the original films through the whole EU. So pour yourself some blue milk and get cozy in that tauntaun with the Echo Station Podcast. Find out more at heroespodcast.com. <laughs> All right, we are back. We are back. So we are here to talk Iron Fist Season 2. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. All right. So let's do this. What did you guys think of the entire season as a whole? Much better than the first season. I think that is almost objective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I told you guys after I finished watching it that I feel like they watched our podcast and took our notes. And I'm not saying they like made it the perfect show or anything, but they definitely listened to fan criticisms and fixed that. And I think the main one was getting rid of the showrunner because he fucked up the first season like, i put 100 percent of it on him yeah i think the pacing was a big piece of it too so this was 10 episodes where all of the other standalone shows are 13 episodes defenders was eight and i think that 10 even though eight felt long for defenders for some reason yeah 10 felt right 
I, I felt like I got through for it this really quickly. Show. For this show. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think... I, and we've said in the past that we think that those episodes are, are or those seasons are three to four episodes too long anyway. Yeah. So I think that... Um, I mean, for Luke Cage, I said that there was at least 20 minutes in each episode that they could have cut because it was boring or unnecessary. And that would have shaved off, like, three episodes by the end of it. So... Yeah. It, same thing. Some of them weren't as bad. You know, uh, Daredevil season one and two, I felt like were pretty well paced. You could have trimmed it that a little bit, but I think ten episodes wouldn't have been enough. I think Daredevil's a bit tighter. Yeah. Like, maybe they could do 11 episodes or something like that, but I think Daredevil is just tighter. And yeah. I well, don't know why. But... Season two of Daredevil also had Elektra and Punisher in it, so you had Huge a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, of course, season one, I... I still think season one of Daredevil might still be the best single season of all of these Netflix shows. Um, Punisher for me, and then, and then but, the Daredevil season. Well, Punisher was great. Fair enough. I, I haven't watched Punisher yet, um, but uh, but anyway, I thought this was much better than season one. I, I thought it was a much more interesting story. It had me wanting to continuously watch it rather than feeling burned out after a couple of episodes. So yeah. agreed. Yeah, and a great villain. Very clear who the villain was pretty much through the whole season. Um, and in, in in season one, we met this character, and he, I guess we could... You know, Davos. Yeah, Davos, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he, uh, he, we already knew he was a good actor. You know, he liked the role, and he really just went for it. And he definitely continued that this season. He was believable as this overcompensating kind of uh, thinks he's doing the right thing, but is really doing it the wrong way kind of guy. Um, yeah, he was, the villains in the season were very strong for me. It was crazed. It was really good. Sasha Dewan did a great job. I was a little distracted by Typhoid Mary because, because they cast Alice Eve and because it was supposed to be Typhoid Mary, I was expecting at some point for things to switch and for her to be the lead villain. And obviously that never really Mm -hmm. happens. Uh, it's kind of like Punisher in Daredevil season two, where they, he wasn't really the villain, but he was definitely an antagonist for the main hero. But she was barely an antagonist. Even calling her Typhoid Mary bothers me so much because she she's wasn't Typhoid so Mary different. One. No, um, they Only just two of her personalities. Yeah, they they just have. A, I just they just have, share a same name, but her being Typhoid Mary is a problem for me right now i think if they pursue her character in season three then i'm going to be much happier and if so that'll mean that iron fist is the only show to set up their villain a season ahead of time not true no punisher punisher oh well we still don't know if they're gonna follow through oh, with yeah. jigsaw as much as possible <laughs> been on the set in, in makeup. yeah yeah Okay. I mean, we don't know from a trailer or anything, but we know from news. I mean, Luke Cage kind of did that. Bushmaster? Not, but, no, but with Mariah. Yeah, eh. kind of. I don't know. That's a weird one. But, I mean, yeah, you can make the argument for that. I mean, she was a villain in season one, too. So, I mean, I mean guess, yeah. she she's more continuing. I mean that Iron Fist, like, set up two seasons in a row now, which is impressive. If that's the route they go with. I would say that I thought Alice Eve was the highlight of the show for me. She was um, really? so good. Yeah. I, so I, I'm not as invested in the comic character. But no, I, I know enough about her. Um, in the comic book, she has three distinct personalities. And in the show, they related to two of those personalities. Typhoid Mary is the third personality that they did not show in the show. And she's... But they, they, they hinted at it. Yeah. Yeah, when they show her, like, 
how did you survive that? And she's like all bloody in like the war or wherever she is. Um, that's kind of hinting that Typhoid Mary is this mm-hmm. third personality. But the ones well, we she see, even admits it at the end of the season. That's true. Yeah. yeah, there's another personality I'm not aware of. Right. You know. So you um, have Walker, who's like the military, very like punishery kind of character. Yeah. And then you have uh, Mary. Mary, who is just. Uh, wonderful, a delight. Uh, yeah, just a pleasant person. <laughs> well, to be naive around. and artist. I like the fact that water herself. kind of was the trigger, and adrenaline was kind of a trigger. Like she has these specific triggers. Yeah. Um, but Alice Eve, as the as the person playing it, was extremely believable for me. Uh, yeah. Heterochromia she has, and yes. that really was really cool. Even though technically Typhoid Mary has three personalities, it was interesting uh, to see that. I didn't know that until. I saw the season, and then I went and looked up, and she actually does have that. Um, so, you know, there was, I don't know, her acting was great. You could distinctly tell what personality she was without her even talking, just by yes. her mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Much like um, Christopher Reeve in Superman when he was Clark Kent, mm-hmm. he would slouch and do these other things. Um, I, I thought, think that's a really good example. Yeah, I thought she was wonderful. She played yeah. the duality very well, and the showrunner, the props and set, they worked with her surroundings to play up the duality. And so everybody did a great job building on the Mary Walker character. Yeah, I definitely, I agree. I think she was a highlight. I found her character to be a little, like, to be more interesting than most of what else was going on. Like, not that Davos was a bad villain or anything, but it was a very clear, cut, and dry situation. Yeah. He felt slighted by Danny. He was going to make Danny pay. He felt righteous. Yeah, he was right? going to take the Iron Fist and do what Danny couldn't do. Right. Like, right. there's not, like, any gray area or complexity there. I found Mary's character to be so much more compelling mm-hmm. to watch. Right. Um, which was really cool. I mean, this isn't you know anything against Finn Jones, but. Danny Rand was still one of the less interesting characters on the he show. He was tolerable, though, at least in this. He was written better this yeah. time, yes. for sure. Oh, yes. He had. He didn't call himself the immortal Iron Fist defender of Kunlun and wielder of the hand or, or killer of the hand or whatever. Kunlun's gone. Yeah. So. That's true. Fair <laughs> point. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. Mary, Mary Walker. Did, you guys haven't watched Jessica Jones no. still, right? No. Okay, so there's a character in Jessica Jones named Trish Walker. Yes. Who looks very similar to Alice Eve. Yes, she does. And is also named Walker. And so it's just this very weird thing for me. Like, when I was watching, I was like, what? Okay, are they, like, going to be... Re- I know they're not related, like, but it, it, it seems weird that you have two actresses that look very similar with the same name. Yes. Uh, so that was a little weird. But That is weird. I don't think it'll play any role. Probably not. But <laughs> it, it was a little weird for me. So, how'd you guys feel about the Colleen and Misty um, side stories constantly? Cause well, Colleen wasn't really a side story. Basically, the whole season was about Colleen and not about Danny Rand, right. if you ask me. In retrospect, it totally is that way. Um, and it's it's it kind of made me refocus how I was defining the show, right? Because I, I, I was saying that, well, the Iron Fist is the least interesting character on his own show. But it's not. Like, he, but wait a minute. He's yeah. not the Iron Fist for 99% of that That's season. That's not true. Well, He's, he loses it in, like, episode five. Is it really like, five that yeah. he loses it? It felt like much that. earlier. Huh. So, uh, a big complaint I read on the on Reddit and the other other spots on the internet was that uh, it's Danny Rand's story and that Colleen took it from him. But I couldn't disagree with that more because this, it's not called Danny Rand. No. It's called Iron Fist. And the show is doing what it's, what it's called. It's following the story of the Iron Fist, mm-hmm. not right. the story of Danny Rand. There's been 30 other 
Iron Fist or whatever in the history of the Kunlun. of Kunlun and whatever else. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. They gave people what they wanted. Everybody was pissed that they didn't cast an Asian actor to play a white character for whatever reason in season one. And now they have their Asian Iron Fist and... You know, they're bitching yeah. about that. So it's just one of well, those they can't win I'm, I'm definitely not. I am very glad that the season ends, the, well, basically ends the way that it ends. I yeah. have a little bit of a problem with the very last scene. <laughs> we'll get to that. But I love that the season ends with her as the Iron Fist. Yeah. I think that is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And so much more interesting to me because she doesn't really want it. Right? Danny thought it belonged to him. Davos thought it was his birthright. She takes it as a responsibility. Yes. She treats it a lot differently, too. What... uh, She decapitated Bakudo, and that man kind of led her when she was a wayward teen. So he wasn't like a father figure. He was definitely an older brother mentor figure. And the fact that she had to kill him in the end of Defenders was pretty scarring to her. And I appreciate that it took some growth that she was like, no, I'm done with this. Like, this is my responsibility. I'm not going to mourn his death, but I'm also not going to train any more people to be killers. So, you know, I, for a long time watching the show, I was like, come on, I just want to see Colleen kick some ass. Like, let's get that katana out. But finally, for the payoff, the payoff was so good that I understood why they kept it out of her hands so long. And she did get to kick some ass, too. Like, she fought the teenagers, and she fought the people in, uh, she fought the Crane sisters. So, she still got to kick some ass uh, throughout the series. That was actually one of my early complaints was when I was talking to Doc Rev from our chat was that... Um, when he had been through the whole season and I only been through four or five episodes, I was like, you know, Colleen is kind of like just this weakling that isn't doing anything now. And we and all know better. Yeah. I mean, we all know, we all said that Colleen was our favorite part of season one. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now they've just turned her into somebody who's not as interesting and, and, you know, obviously it ended on a, on a stronger note for her, but I do wish that they had given her a little bit more to do early on. Um, yeah, that that part was a little irritating. I mean, it was. I went into this season knowing that I like Colleen better than I like Danny, right? And so I wanted to see more Colleen, and you know, we got that obviously at the end. But you know, I mean, this definitely. Whereas this, the first season ended, and I was very meh about the show. This season ends, and I really want to see what happens next. Yeah, yes, right? especially because there's a pretty big teaser for season three at the end, which yeah. I'm very sure Derek said made him feel very weird, this. but. Um, we'll get to that. But. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, I will say that I appreciate the Colleen and Misty team-ups that they had throughout the series. You know, Misty joins in in, in episode three, episode four, and she sticks around till episode eight or yeah, nine. she was there She's for a while. a huge part of the show. She's kind of the Claire now that Claire mm-hmm. isn't Claire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Claire isn't Claire. I mean, Claire is still Claire, but she's not like the yeah. pin that ties it all together. Yeah, Misty yeah. is more of that now at this mm-hmm. point. So, well, I realize well, I guess that Colleen was in Luke Cage, also wasn't yeah. she? So, yeah, just I'm one briefly, episode. Yeah. yeah, she was there for the bar fight, right? Yeah. But Misty was in most of this season. Yeah. yeah. So. And they were good. Their interactions were good. I appreciate the very end where she said uh, the Nightwing 
Yeah. I, I thought that's just funny. Like, yeah, I was like, it's It's cute. But, you know, I really want to see the four of them team up now and do the full Heroes for Hire and bring Shang-Chi in this, too. And then they have the entire group, and I would love it. See, that's not where I think it's going. I know it's but not. But we'll talk about it. But that. I would love it. What did you guys think of Ward this season? The uh, Meachams were both a lot better than what they were last season. But they're still... Meachams. I, I loved Ward. I thought yeah. he, he might have been my favorite character of the whole season. I thought that... He grew so much from season one as a character. And I was pretty mad about the Meachams. I thought their storyline was more interesting in season one, but the characters themselves didn't really stand out. But in this one, Ward stood out to me very much. And part of that may be due to my personal life. I have somebody very important in my life that has suffered with addiction and is gone through the 12 steps and is nine years sober now. But, um, so something I've been learning about as this person's been in my life is that, you know, the steps to recovery and things like that. And a huge part of his storyline, even when they're not quoting the steps and everything, you can see the steps in action. And it, it made it made that his storyline much deeper for me than maybe it would be for somebody who doesn't know as much. I don't really know that much about 12-step systems, but I know right. more than I did. Well, he's basically the only significant character on the show who's actually going through, like, normal issues mm-hmm. that, right like other people but also ridiculous well, issues right, right. Yeah. but like but he's it, he's almost like the entry point for us normal people right because none of us are martial he arts expert, expert right you know? yeah, yeah none of us have powers or martial arts expertise that or katanas you know, you know or right. anything like that they're not trying you know we're not trying to raise you know the dra- power of the dragon and sell four million dollar bowls or whatever he's like the normal story that's going on you know even the relationship that he has with bethany it's a normal conversation it's about normal stuff yeah. and i, I, that I love really that relationship too I, by the way. bethany and was really great to have around she was but i felt like she was a little bit of a tool to just improve ward's character so i, I don't know yeah. i feel like she was a little wasted in that but it was interesting, at least, the relationship was. I, I just thought that uh, Bethany wasn't there for Bethany. We have no use for Bethany as viewers. Ward needs right. Bethany to grow and move forward. And if she gets more development in Season 3, awesome. That would be really cool. But if she's gone forever, well, then, she, you know, at least she served her purpose and she wasn't a useless character to have around. Well, he has a kid with her now. So, right, I mean, which is why I kind of, think... That storyline, whether she's there, is going to be a... Unfair. Right before he disappears right. for, quote, months. Yeah, <laughs> three months or whatever, yeah. Look, she said that she didn't want him in her life right now. Yeah. He needed to be better. Maybe this trip that he takes with Danny makes him better. Maybe this is what he needs to be a better person. Notice that in that scene, he didn't, I don't want to get into that scene yet, but he wasn't drinking. He asked for water, which I thought was a pretty big indicator of where his character is at at that point. That's a good point. I, I, yeah, I, I liked where Ward is in this season. I appreciate what he's going through because the reality is what happened in season one, if you like the storyline, didn't like the storyline, should mess a person right. up. Right, and it did. And <laughs> he was know? the only one that seemed really messed up. By it. I mean, Joy was too, but her... She was just angry. Yeah, she was angry the whole time. Right? Like, you didn't get to see any other real side of her except when she thought Do- D- uh, Davos might want to kill her, right? Um, but the rest of it, she's just angry the whole time. And don't get me wrong, we can all relate to being pissed. But Ward's the one who's really going through it the way I think the average person... Well, he was angry, too. Like, that's a huge part of his character, is his anger issues, right? Mm -hmm. He has his temper, and he uses drugs to kind of 
you know deal with that anger but he wasn't you know he this he can't do that anymore right you know so uh yeah i it's funny that such a basic storyline in this huge ridiculous fantasy world of dragons and glowing fists was one of the most interesting parts of the show for me it grounded it and it was better done than the last time we saw an addiction storyline which was season two of arrow Laurel had kind of a ridiculous storyline. She was the weakest part of that season. We've all talked about how much we love season two of Arrow. And Laurel, we talked about her being the worst part of that season. So Yeah, that was so just, long ago. <laughs> it was. It was. It was all the way back in the wee-wee years of uh, Little Screen Arrow. Heroes. But it's just the most recent thing to compare to. And Wars was definitely more realistic as well as better growth and handled better from a writing standpoint and acting standpoint. Yeah, so. for sure. He's he's one of my favorite parts of the show now along with Colleen. Like, obviously Walker if she continues. But I, there was just some very strong performances mm-hmm. this season, I thought. I really like the dynamic between Ward and Danny oh, yeah. it's in this great. season. Uh, it it's really like a brother. Me, yes. Yeah. It made it made me believe that what Danny thought he was coming back to existed at some point. Yeah. Whereas in the first season, it, he kept saying that. No. that they were his brother and sister, and it, you know neither of them displayed that kind of reaction to him. So in this one, the more Ward was around Danny, the better it looked mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And it's good for Ward's character too, because I mean he's trying to get to a place of normalcy, you know. And Danny was a big part of his life, according to season one. So getting that back and having a brother, a support system there for both of them. They both need that support system, I think. Right. And it, you can really feel that. And it was really good to sh- all the flashbacks with Davos, too. Because it kept saying that Davos was his brother as well. Yeah, there's a and dynamic there for sure. Yeah, I needed to see that because otherwise I don't believe you. There's this angry man who hates Danny this whole time and you don't understand why it's hurting Danny. I do you think need they could have flashbacks. done more with that. Uh, if I had to pick like some, some storyline that needed expanding a little bit, uh, the stuff at Davos from their childhood or whatever would, yeah. would have been better. There wasn't quite enough to... I don't know. I still didn't really buy the brotherhood. They right. focused a little too much on the fight, which yeah. isn't the important part. That's not what's important. What's no, important. I mean, it's kind of important. Well, not everything that we saw. The The fact that his dad calls the fight is important. Yeah. Right? And how his mother is ashamed of him after is important. That's important. But we don't need to see the entirety of the fight. Exactly. We see a lot more. We see probably as much of the fight as we do of the other interactions. Right? And I don't feel like that's a good balance. Um, but I don't you know. guys we... hoping we might see a dragon this season? Yes. We're never going to see it. I'm hoping for it every season. Give me the dragon. There's Netflix. not going to. They're never going to show a dragon. But I, I think part of part of it is I, I want that world, I want Kunlun to be more real and they're really focusing on not showing any of it. Yeah. Right? And so like even in this season we only see what, four people? Right. And they keep right? saying like there's all these warriors and monks there and I don't believe it. I don't believe that it's a full, busy, lively town of monks. I it it's those four people. I do think that's going to change next season. Well, like, they were supposed to like, go up against a lot of other people, and they were the last two, right? Yeah. Well, let's see some of those other people. What were they like? They're all dead. 
I would have liked to see... <laughs> then who are they protecting? <laughs> I would have liked to see some of those fights. And instead of right. Davos and Danny being at each other uh, during competition, they're supporting each other and they're congratulating each other on their wins. And that kind of shows some of the camaraderie too. That's a good like idea. small, small scenes where, you know, Danny was showing him how to make the paper plane was really cool. It was just a quick little montage and it was great. That was cool, yeah. But, you know, those things of watching each other have their backs would have been just as cool no i agree with you i think that would have been more interesting even the actual fight like the the most interesting part of that fight for me was they added the dynamic of the um the, the cloth that yeah. connected yeah. them which i mean there's some symbolism there as well but mm -hmm. uh then they he ripped the cloth which is also symbolism but it also took away some of the 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 thing that was making it interesting for me because i mean right. anybody can shoot a fight scene between two people you know, it's We've not that seen, big a deal. Yeah. These masks look like shit. Let's <laughs> let's move on. And then they ripped them off in like two seconds yeah. anyway. Thank God. But um, yeah, so I mean, the, the fight wasn't even that interesting in itself. Like if it had been an interesting fight, mm -hmm. while chore I mean, it, the choreography was fine. But if they had done more with with that, making it a more interesting fight, I think that would have been better too. Personally, yeah, it just seemed a little one dimensional, right? It's yeah. in this flat space. It's a basic arena, so it's just. They should have done it, like I said with season one, they should have done it like a big wide shot, like traditional Asian cinematography, well, that'd be a and done no cuts, just do a big, you know. That would have been beautiful. But they, any, if there was anything like that in this season, it would have... Elevated it Yeah, I would have loved it very much, but... That's fair. Hopefully they get there eventually. Yeah. Da Davos just got a little too much for me to care about anymore. Like, I... I don't like when the villain is just so clearly out of his mind that there's just it's just annoying. Yeah, when he actually sometimes. got the fist and like started just like he walks out, he's like, "Where's the bad guy?" And he like kills two people instantly. It's like, okay, come on, buddy. This this yeah. is like you're so bad, it's not believable. Right? Yeah. Like he's up until this point, he's not only been a good fighter, he's been highly intelligent. He's been crafty, manipulative, calculating, calculating right? And somehow. It, he never thought through the process of well, if I if I slaughter a bunch of people, other people might have a problem with that. Right. That never crossed his that, mind. <laughs> so the three episodes it takes him to approach innocence, and then Mister Yip doesn't want anything to do with them, and his reaction to that, like that, made him interesting again because all of a sudden he is reacting and he's crazy, and it's not just a one-dimensional feeling from him it, there's more emotion that brought him back to normalcy for me again but for this entire time you know it, it just it was too much and i think people want i think they want to strike the genius of uh the purple man and wilson fisk over and over again. I think they did with Walker more. I, I would yeah. say that that was closer for sure than yeah. Davos. The, the the problem is, like, so you 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 like the fact when he killed Mister Yip that increased the quality of the Davos character for you. His reaction, his character, the Sasha Dewan's emotions that read off of his face, that kind of thing. The three episodes between taking the fist and getting to that part where he was just killing. Uh, triad indiscriminately and he seemed so cool and collected about it he was boring to me it's but it, when we got an, a different emotional reaction out of him then he was interesting again 
Yeah, see, when he killed Mr. Yip, that was like the nail in the coffin for me because it meant that whatever code he claimed he had for a season well, and three gone. quarters wasn't real. Yeah. And the whole thing was BS the whole time. And like, that's just not interesting to me. Like, like I know a villain has to have a different code than the hero, but I don't, I like when the villain sticks to their code, whatever that is. But that's know. his code that he kept saying wasn't actually his code. The man right. was tired of being insignificant and he let his insecurities get the best of him. He he didn't even know what his code was. His code in the end was do not let anyone disrespect you. Which is the dumbest code I've ever heard. But Absolutely. Right. So like it's hard for me to He to couldn't go on the internet at all. Right. Like when With he's Wilson just... Fisk, there's sympathy. You know, you feel feel for what he's had to go through in his past and everything like that. With Purple Man, he's doing some pretty shitty stuff, but he had a a really rough time that turned him what happened to him as a kid and turned him into the purple man was not exactly you know a walk in the park so there was still some sympathy See, that's there. the thing all this guy did was lose a fight to his buddy yeah. like it's just Dude, so that abuse from his mom yeah she's a horrible mother what, don't get me wrong but i mean but... they show that abuse from the very beginning like he had that at a young age what they forgot to do what they neglected to do was show the continuing like punishment of that abuse. Well, so here's the thing: then is he is he and his parents completely unique in Kunlun, or were the other people up for that given the exact same thing? So the Iron Fist is normally just a completely emotionally abused child. Didn't, wasn't there a, a line or something about how the mom said he can't lose to the outsider or something yeah. along those yeah. lines? So I mean, it wasn't just him. Danny went through the same kind of stuff. And I mean, granted, Davos had lived there his whole life, and Danny had came in there, you know, at age six or something like that. But still, they've both gone through that. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that using the abuse as, obviously, he got more abused more when Danny won. But it's not like that was that long. He was an adult at that point. Right. You know, it couldn't have been that long. I don't know. I feel it like just, that's, it didn't really work. I'm glad. I'm really glad that there was somebody that liked the character. And I imagine there's probably more people out there that really like that really enjoyed the character. For me, it it, it didn't work as well. well and you right. didn't like Walker as much as me and Derek did. So I mean, you know, it's, I'm glad. No, no, no. Like, I liked Walker a lot. I don't think she's ready to be called Typhoid Mary. That's no. all. Right. So why not destroy the bowl when you're done using it? <laughs> they did. No, no, no. I mean Davos. Davos. Oh, why didn't Instead Davos destroy the bowl? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a good point. But, I mean, he did eventually destroy the bowl. I mean, Honestly, yeah. it would have made, more, did, it no made more sense for him to kill the Crane sisters. I mean, that would have been fine, too. Like, I just feel like he just leaves. He's like, here's all my loose ends. And then, then, then moves on. But, you know? he, but he, you saw how quick he turned into this... The thoughtless killer, and that's yeah. why. So like, there you go. Yeah. That's what exactly what it, it kind is. of fell apart. His for plan me. fell apart. Yeah. So so I, let's talk about that final scene because we've kind of talked about every single character so far. Well, all right. Yeah. So first off, Colleen channeling the chi through her katana is one of the coolest shots ever. It was fun. Yeah, and I mean, we got to find out that Colleen is a descendant of one of the first Iron Fists, who yes. was a um, was a woman, obviously. And she could, I don't think they touched on it in the show, maybe they did, that she could channel the chi through her arrows. Um, so that was, that was, not, that was not in the show, right? It That's in the not, comic books. In, in the, the comic books, book. her mom's character, if it's the same character that they're implying it is, could channel the chi through her arrows. So the fact that um, Colleen can channel it through a katana is very cool. And it's the first time we've really seen that. Yeah. So, so that was a really cool moment. 
Right. Like that's a huge revelation for someone like me who did not ever read the Iron Fist comic books and doesn't know really what the powers are to see it go from, all right, it's yellow in one hand to it's red in two hands to it's white and can channel through a katana. Like that's a lot of evolution in one season of that power. When in the first season, it's just one Well, thing. the color yeah. is obviously person specific and yes. everybody would have a different color. Well, in the comic books, it's not person specific. No, it's In the not. comic books, yellow... I can't remember what yellow symbolizes. White is like mastery of the Iron Fist and red is corruption or something along those lines. So you could have two red Iron Fists, but they'd right. both be Davoses, basically. Right. And you could have two whites, so they would be masters. It's kind of weird that Colleen would be a white Iron Fist right away. Which is I, why I think it's it. probably more of a personal... In the MCU, it probably is. Well, no, yeah. I, I actually think... I think it has more to do with... Their intentions? The inner self, yeah. Right? Like... Danny maybe was never really intended to have it. He was there by accident. He won it by a stroke of luck because of where the sun was and the guy's dad calling the fight. You missed the like little scene where he did the nerve hit to set that up. It wasn't a stroke of luck. He knew that the sun was going to no, come I, out. No, no, no. The sun, I, I don't mean favorite. that it was lucky that the sun happened to be there. It was lucky for Danny that the sun was in a position for him to set that up. You know what I mean? But he knew that. That's not luck. Well, no. Okay. If there had been a solid roof, he couldn't have done it, is my point, and would have lost the fight. That's the luck that I'm talking about. That's fair, but he knew how to work his surroundings. Which is great, and he won, and good for him. Okay. My point is, though, that Colleen, I think, is the first of those three people who actually deserve to have it. Which is weird because she didn't defeat the dragons, which kind of relegates the whole Iron Fist title as kind of, uh, you know. What, what is this even because it's a power the whole dragon thing is is a is a tradition right we don't really it's need... supposed to be a trial it's yeah which we never get to see so it's kind of no, hard to really know but, but it's, just, it's a huge storyline you know well, right right but we don't see it in the, in the mcu we don't really know anything about it but what we do know is that danny was in kunlun by coincidence and davos stole the power and Colleen took it as a responsibility because it was the right thing to do. You see, so I feel like it is based on sure. what those. It, it very well are. could be. The, but, the fact at this point is we don't know. Yeah. It's, it, it could be either, either one of those. I mean, so the point I was trying to make when I was explaining the progression of the power was that it totally loses me in that final scene when Danny just channels it's it supposed through, to through his bullets. You're supposed to go, "What in the fuck is going on?" and then Google it. Yeah. So you see, but that's the thing. That, that wasn't my reaction. My reaction is, well, that was silly. And, I, <laughs> and probably a lot of people did have, did have that reaction. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think Danny needs to lighten up. That's that's, that's what fair. we've needed since season one. Like, I love the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, and part of it is because of the side characters. Who Danny Rand is a side character, and the entire time he is a. Go with the flow, carefree, hippie. And I love that. And this Danny Rand is uptight and too serious. And so finally we get to see some fun cowboy-like antics. And it, it was one small scene and Ward was actually the star. His negotiation skills were <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. And this was just a really fun little moment where I I needed to see Fun Danny, and I got to see Fun Danny, and I don't care about the logistics of two chi bullets. I don't. <laughs> That's fine. You don't have to care about the logistics. Part of it was also I felt like it undercut what we just saw Colleen do, 
which was supposed to be at the moment. When you see that moment, if you don't know the comic books, which I imagine most watchers don't really know, when you see that moment, that's like the coolest thing you've ever seen the Chi do. And then it's immediately o- overshadowed by what Danny does. So, I don't think it overshadowed later. it. See, I'm not a comic book reader, right? I had to Google this stuff, a lot of it. Um, it, it didn't overshadow for it for me. What it what it immediately made me do is go, okay, so Danny Rand, our our MCU Danny Rand can't do kung fu, right? <laughs> like the actor, the actor isn't good at kung fu. Yeah. So <laughs> they're giving him a way of still being a cool Iron Fist that people are gonna like without him having to actually <laughs> learn martial arts because he's not a martial artist. That's what it seemed like to me, which is obviously out of care, out of... Uh, that's that's out of universe. Right, it is. Yeah. But it's still, I, it didn't overshadow it for me. I thought it was cool to see something so unique in a martial arts, something that's martial arts based. Because it's called Gun Fu in the comic books, if you're not familiar. It's literally called Gun Fu. I'm not making that up. I, I know. And it, it, it is, there's an Iron Fist that has that power, and that's a pretty cool storyline from what I understand in the comic books. Um, and so to see that something cool like that, I don't know. I've always thought gunslinging and like, you know, that kind of stuff is neat. So maybe I give it a little bit of a pass because I think that's fun, but I think it was a timing thing, right? If it had been mid, you know, second half of the season or the beginning of next season, it would have been a little bit different, but because it's the scene, like right after you see her do this really cool thing, it just felt like it took a bite out of it. But that whole thing for me mm-hmm. was an out-of-context teaser for season three. It was not I meant guess. to like make any sense yeah. in universe. You're supposed to go, wow, what happened in those three months? Because apparently Colleen learned to channel through her katana in right. that time, which yes. is not something that any we've seen any other MCU Iron Fist And Danny do. was able to get his chi, or to get the uh, Iron Fist back without taking it from... Colleen, which is pretty important. And that's one thing I said. I was like, man, are they going to do an Iron Fist show where Danny Rand doesn't have the fist? Because that kind of sucks, too. Like, I love the idea of the two of them being Iron Fist together. And so I was like, he's got to get it back, right? So I was happy to see that. My biggest disappointment with the whole season, though, a whole show, I guess, is the MCU is terrible at breaking up couples. They they don't have anyone across the board have a stable relationship. I think that's kind of by design, though. I mean, it's when you think about the logistics, this is supposed to be a grounded reality. The logistics of being a superhero in our world, who would want to be with somebody like that? I mean, realistically, you can say, oh, I think Luke Cage is really hot, so yeah, I want to hook up with that guy, get some but coffee. Iron but Iron Fist was the opportunity. Because you had Colleen, you're right, and you and you had Danny, and that would have been the one couple that would make sense. But the, they do like. To but me. what what happened in the in this season? I thought was fitting of the characters. They grew separate ways. It wasn't like a forced breakup. I felt like the the it was a very like linear path that they both went on. Um, so it it sure it sucks. Like I want those characters to be happy. I care about those characters, but. I mean, it made sense to me, so it didn't bother me as much, and maybe I, that's just I me guess again. I'm just tired of the pattern, because it's like that in the movies. Nobody can be stable in a relationship, and I'm not saying we need to have every couple have the Hawkeye farm situation where they grow old and have kids together. I'm just saying that, you know, these two really seem to make it work. I didn't think Luke and Claire would make it work. I no, thought we want Jessica eventually. Jones and Luke. That's the ones that should be together. 
I disagree. With Squirrel Girl as her babysitter. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, that's what I'm hoping is that they are able to get back together. And I love the note that Danny left her at the end. I thought that was really good, too. I would be fine if they got back together. Honestly, though, I really... Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, I think, would be great together. <laughs> I, th- I liked their dynamic in season uh, one of Jessica Jones um, when they were together. Not well. I mean, they were they were physically together, but uh, <laughs> you know, I would like to see. I didn't really like Claire and Luke together, so mm-hmm. when they broke up, I was like, "All right, here, Jessica, here's your in. Make it happen." But Fantastic. you know, we I did agree that we could use some stability for at least one of the heroes. In the You're show. right, and like, that would be just, two if they did that. Yeah. So I thought it would have been interesting for at least some of the next season to see the two of them together, but with the roles reversed. With her with the fist and him without it and them coping with that change. Yeah. You know, and it looks, from the looks of it, we're not going to get that at all because by the time they see each other again, they both have it. And I feel well, like Well, we can't have stories about an impotent man walking around. <laughs> like... But that's the thing. I think it would have been cool to see him and progress and be... Fist. <laughs> I think it would have been cool to see him be a happier, more successful person without the fist. To see well, him I mean, we already good saw him. We haven't not seen it. I mean, he there's three months of time that season three yeah. is going to have to cover. But I meant with Colleen, like with those roles reversed, I think would have been interesting to see. And that's that we're not going to see because we they're gone the whole time. Saw him be a happier person without the money. So right. I I think the fist would be unloading another burden too. But I think that he would eventually miss it. So. Right, and I think that maybe you know that would be. You know, something that would divide the two of them. I just, I think it would have been interesting to see them deal with the role reversal. That's all. All right, so. Where do you guys think it's going for season three? Like, do you guys think it's just going to be the story of him getting to the guns? No, I don't. I think we may have, like, one episode where they talk about it. I think that they'll want to progress it further and see what it's like when the two of them come together and they're both Iron Fists. Maybe that here's what it, you'll get to see the dragon because that's how Danny gets his powers back. You just kind of just have to go back and fight the dragon again. That'd be okay. I mean, <laughs> Even though his skeleton was in Defenders, Who's, was, maybe there's more than one dragon. Mm. Yeah, that we don't know that that was shallow. Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't there be more dragons? Well, how can there only be one dragon forever? That Thank doesn't make sense. Whatever. That's true, especially if every Iron Fist has to kill it or whatever. Right? There's gotta be a Steal bunch of little baby dragons. He just has to go kill a baby dragon. Did you? Yeah. You're done. You're fired. Oh, okay. So I'll have a replacement next week. There was a theory on Reddit that I read that I really liked uh, that it seems like they might be setting up. It's called the Tournament of the Heavenly Cities, which is a tournament where I think it's seven heavenly cities come together and they have a tournament every 88 years. And in that tournament, all their cities' champions fight and they pretty much all have iron fists of some sort. Um, and in that storyline, uh, Davos is given the fist back by the Crane Mother, which we have theorized as Madame Gao in our past podcasts, um, to fight in this, uh, tournament because their champion was killed or something along those lines. Um, and now we're going to have, that, that would be three Iron Fists that we've seen on the show. Right. So... You know, that it does seem like the more Iron Fist they add to the show, the closer they're getting to that tournament. And it would be a really that would give us we get to see Kung Lun, we get to see all the Heavenly Cities. Um, it would be very different than anything we've seen on the Netflix shows at this point. I think that would be awesome. I don't see that happening. It'd be a lot of fun. I really don't. 
I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool. I'm just saying I don't see that happen. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I I think it might be a bit of a pipe dream, but I think it would be very cool. They don't have to show the dragon, but it would be interesting to see such a different part of the MCU that we probably won't get to see anywhere else. You know what I mean? How many Iron Fist does it take to kind of invalidate the whole first season of this show where being the immortal Iron Fist was like the greatest honor ever bestowed upon somebody? Well, Iron Fist only lived 33 years, Derek. Except for one. <laughs> Or Orson Randall, the guy that they were looking for yeah. at the end, uh-huh. he's lived beyond that. But every other Iron Fist has died at age thirty-three. It's a bummer, man. Or they some they, I think they use their chi to extend their life, or some there's some weird thing. But something about the Iron Fist who die at age thirty-three is very weird. That's that, horrible. That's that's, that's right. Why would you want to be the Iron Fist? I'd be <laughs> Did dead. Anybody tell Colleen? Is it on their birthday? <laughs> like when does it? Do they get like a few days after their birthday? Does she get extra time because she didn't become the Iron Fist until later? But neither did Danny. You know, he was he was older when he got the Iron Fist. Not as old as. as I mean, he and Davos were the same age. Yeah, give so or take, what, eighteen, right? yeah. like that. Colleen's got to be like 26, 27. Sure, she's Maybe. gonna be dead soon. She's got like a decade. Maybe she gets to be forty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Wow. All right, what are you guys' answers? Ryan. Favorite movie. You have to answer too, right? Yeah. Mine is Tropic Thunder. <laughs> because of Jack Black? Oh, they all play different characters. I mean, you get the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude, oh right? My God. But, that, that's Robert, but that's Robert Downey Jr. playing one character who happens to be an actor. No, because he also plays Sergeant Osiris. I guess I forgot that. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he, he plays, he oh, has man. multiple movies. That is fake such trailers. a good... There's fake trailers in the beginning of the movie too, where he plays like Multiple the guy that characters. makes love to Tobey Maguire, the monk. Yeah, but but again, that's he's playing no. a character who's an actor. That's not the same. But thing. is also the character in that movie who is a different character. He's the dude playing the dude disguised as another. Yeah, dude. I know who you're. Okay, talking so what's about. your answer, Derek? Since you I, have so I much don't better. have one. Exactly. I don't like Thank you. Movie. No, because the average. No, go ahead and poop all over my answer. Well, you don't have. I'm one. just not sure that yours actually fits. You the can't question. just say Austin Powers like. Come on, man. So, okay. So that it crossed that one crossed my mind. Uh, Ryan joked about multiplicity, and that one I, I actually my really mind like too. that one. Yeah, I really love multiplicity because I love Michael Keaton. Yeah, if you had said but, that one, I would not have been disappointed. But I wasn't sure if it counted because he's really just playing the same guy, just different copies of him. And I wasn't really sure what you know. Well, what Rachel didn't give us all the rules. Rachel, so, clearly, this is a failing said... on you. Because you didn't give us rules. To oh my it. god, it's one question. <laughs> I know, I understood it, but apparently some people no, no, needed no. more logistics. I understood it. I just well, I wasn't gonna pick multiplicity because you had called it out when we got back from our break. I didn't think it was even on your so, radar. So I love that movie. The movie's. I great. had no idea. Do you have it up there? I don't. I've never seen it for sale anywhere, uh, or I would have it because I really like that movie. Um, but um, and I kind of got stuck on like the not good movies where that happens, like. Um, Eddie Murphy movies, <laughs> which I don't like, and so I didn't want to pick those. I actually struggled quite a bit with this. I don't really have an answer. So, comedy-wise, I could easily go with uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer. I love that film. Mike Myers plays himself, and well, a regular character himself, and then he puts on prosthetics and plays his dad, and that's really funny, too. But uh, drama, Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, Doug Jones plays multiple monsters in that film. Yeah, but does that really count? Because they're all in somebody's imagination. <laughs> they're different and... characters, though, so that does count. I have my answer now. Well, I'm glad you know the rules okay. that Rachel's question set up. I love Tropic Thunder. I think it's a yeah. great no, idea. Th- I don't know why this didn't hit me until right now, but 
the Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't. But they're the same character, Derek. Who is? I don't know. Biff plays a bunch of different characters. He plays his great grandfather. He plays his grandson. Michael J. Fox plays his son. So, there's a few different examples there. Yeah, so definitely. No, you can't pick the whole trilogy. Oh, I should pick one. one. All right, fine. Back to the Future 3 is my favorite. All right, there you go. Okay, so. That's what we have, guys. I hope you enjoyed our discussion on the news this week, on Iron Fist 2, and our random question that was apparently very polarizing. Gosh. That was a tough one. I had a hard time. I kept wanting to, like, stare at my movies while you guys were talking. I always want to do that. Uh, Next week, we are going to be ranking the Pixar films. Ryan can't join us, unfortunately, so we need two people to replace him. We're going to bring on a new guest and one returning guest, but... Stick around, join us for that fight, because it'll be a fight. <laughs> There's also 20 Pixar movies, right? It would not be there a fight if exact... I was here, just for reference. It I, mean, I would argue for a few of them, but I wouldn't. I don't really have that much vested interest as much as That's you guys do That's why I thought like, that would be a really good, good topic. To yeah. Yeah. I'll throw to... out my votes, but... I need to watch Cars 3, because I never saw that one. And Coco. You oh, need to watch yeah, Coco. Yeah, I fell asleep in Coco. No, you didn't. I started Coco while you were already asleep and you woke up at the end. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I only remember part of it. Um, Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. That should be a good time. Yes. All right, we will see you next week. Have a great week. And, oh, yeah, God, take us out, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it. You got this. Look, you can find Ryan at Buster Props on Instagram, Facebook, and don't at him on Twitter because he won't get it. You can find Derek at the Star Trek Dude on Facebook, Twitter. He's mostly on Twitter. Talk to him on Twitter. And then I am Siren Ray. Give me your money on Patreon. Thank you very much. We are Heroes Podcasts. At Heroes Podcasts on everything. Like, share, subscribe right now. Thank you. We're done. Bye-bye. <laughs>